Welcome to the Diamonds A Dozen podcast. My name is Dosha Stewart. I thank you for listening. If you click this link because you saw the episode Surfboard, Surfboard, this has nothing to do with sex, Beyonce, or being drunk in love, but you will need a surfboard for this episode because I'm going to be talking about riding the waves of grief. 2020 and 2021, I experienced big waves of grief. 13 people that I knew passed away, classmates, friends, family members, their causes of death ranged from COVID to freak accidents, a drunk driving accident, heart attack, cancer, suicide, and it didn't matter the cause of death. It didn't matter whether the death was anticipated or whether it was completely unexpected. I still had to deal with my emotions and navigating the stages of grief. My grandmother transitioned on last year, December 10th. That was a low. The high was my friends got married. Her funeral was on December 18th. That was a low. The high was that I graduated on that same day. 10 days later, my uncle transitioned and I was completely stunned. I felt like I was overwhelmed, like I was gonna drown and I know how to swim, but this, was a lot to deal with. And I remember I ended the year of 2021 with my grandmother's funeral and I began 2022 with my uncle's funeral. And I remember being livid, y'all. I was so angry because my uncle's funeral and my classmate's funeral was on the same day at the same time. And I was like, God, how could you make me choose between whose funeral I was gonna attend. I was in the anger stage of grief, but let me rewind and talk about the stages of grief. The first one is denial. You're in shock, you're feeling numb, you're shutting down. You practice something called avoidance. And it's not that you're in denial about the person's passing, but you don't want to deal with the emotions of it. So you start procrastinating in your daily tasks or you overwhelm yourself and keep yourself completely busy to avoid from dealing with those emotions. You start saying things like, I'm good, I'm okay, I'm straight, I'm fine, when the reality is you're not. Or you distract yourself with entertainment, TV, movies, Netflix and chill social media scrolling, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, whatever you can to keep from focusing on those emotions. The second stage of grief, (laughs) that's anger. You feel frustrated. You might feel rage. You may feel impatient. You may feel pessimistic. You may be irritable. You may start lashing out, cussing people out, getting into arguments, starting arguments. You may even get in a physical fight. You may feel completely out of control. Stage three of grief, that's the bargaining stage. And it feels like guilt, shame, trying to find somebody or something to blame. You may feel fear and anxiety. You may start worrying or overthinking death. You may start trying to predict the future and assume the worst about it. You may start judging yourself and judging others. You may try to create alternate realities. Like if I had just called this person and talked to them, maybe they wouldn't have committed suicide. Or if I had just gone to their house, 
and stayed a while, maybe they wouldn't have gotten in their car and they wouldn't have gotten in that accident. Or if I just told them I love them one more time and all of these different things you try to create in your mind in order to bring resolve. That's what you're really after. Then you have the fourth stage of grief, which is known as depression. That's the sadness, the sorrow, the despair, the helplessness, the disappointment, feeling overwhelmed. Your sleep and your appetite changes. So you're either sleeping too much all day and all night, or you're not sleeping at all. You have insomnia. You're either not eating or you're overeating. You feel sapped and drained of energy. You have no interest in being social. You don't want to do anything. You don't want to go anywhere and you don't want to be with anybody. You find yourself crying or you may take extreme methods of escape like drugs, sex, and alcohol. And that looks like, man, let me smoke this blunt because my nerves are bad. I need to calm down. Let me take these shots. Let me drink this bottle of wine. Let me hit my ex up. Let me hit my boot thing up and make it do what it do. Those are all detrimental quick fixes that will not fill that void that you're feeling. And then you have the final stage of grief, which is acceptance. That's where you practice self-compassion, wisdom, and self-awareness. You're mindful of your thoughts, your emotions, and your behavior. You're engaging with reality as it is and not creating an alternate form of reality. You're present in the moment. You're able to be transparent, vulnerable, in touch with your emotions. You learn to adapt, cope, and respond skillfully to your emotions and to your environment. Let's talk about things that are grief that are not related to death that you may not realize. Changes in financial status, retirement, infertility, moving to a new apartment, a new house, a new city, a new state, a new country, loss of relationship, loss of a job, a breakup or divorce, a change in body size or shape, which alters your self-image and self-esteem. Sometimes it's not even just a loss of relationship, but it's a change in the nature of your relationship. Or it could be that you're in transition and you don't know how to navigate it, so you feel stuck. Or you lose habits that you were once familiar with and you need to create new ones. Those are all examples of grief unrelated to death. So what's your surfboard? Is it your journal where you process your feelings and your emotions? Is it sitting still? Is it going to the park, the library? Is it going to the beach and sticking your feet in the sand and listening to the waves? Is it going to get a massage? Those are all wonderful tools to help you with the process, but those things are not gonna help you stay afloat. You really need a surfboard. You need to be anchored in Christ, the word of God, the Bible, prayer, and worship. And if you don't have a relationship with Christ, I implore you to develop one because he is the father of compassion and the God of all comfort. Some scriptures that helped me during my process. The first one, Ecclesiastes chapter three. Verse one through four, there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens, 
A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. Hey. Psalm 34 and 18. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. John 16, 22. So with you, now is your time of grief, but I will see you again and you will rejoice and no one will take away your joy. And the last scripture, Matthew 5, verse 4. Blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted. Grief is hard, but it does get better once you are intentional with your process. I can remember very vividly last year, Christmas Eve, I was in the bed. I was in my pajamas all day. I didn't want to associate with anybody or anything, but then I got invited to a Christmas Eve event at one of my family friends house and I was physically present but I was definitely emotionally detached and I remember being in bed asking God why this felt like so much why it was so heavy I anticipated my grandmother's transition I was prepared for it God told me to prepare my heart for it I was with my grandmother for 21 days up until the time of her transition so why was this so much and I realized then that I didn't grieve properly the year before. The year before, my friend Brittany had gotten hit by a drunk driver and passed away. And I went to her funeral, but I did not walk myself through the stages of grief. So when it came time for me to grieve my grandmother, I was also grieving Brie. And then I had to prepare myself to grieve my uncle. And it felt like a lot, like what the heck? What do I do? So I'm going to give you guys some diamonds that I learned through my process. The first one, do not suppress your emotions because in doing so, you will prolong your healing. You need to release it. Holding up your emotions, bottling them up, suppressing them can actually cause illness to manifest in your body. So you're going to want to make sure you release those emotions and that you process through them. Number two, identify and process your emotions so that you don't project them. Don't project your negative emotions and behaviors onto other people. Your emotions, your responses, your healing is your responsibility. Number three, this is a big one. Look out for patterns. If you notice your emotions start to fluctuate or you feel sad at the same time of year, every year, don't just ignore it. Don't just slap any title on it like seasonal depression. Examine the root. It might be grief and it might not have to do with death. Sometimes your body simply remembers the trauma of what has formerly transpired. Your Your brain may not be conscious of it, but subconsciously it remembers. So you want to get ahead of that, examine your traumas and your triggers so that you can process through it and can get out of those patterns. 
Number four, don't expect for things to go back to normal because now you're in the reality of a new norm that you're going to have to create because you don't have those same people or those same things that you once had. Number five, this is a big one too. Do not isolate. Lean on and get support from your community, your family, your friends, your school, your church, whatever community is safe for you, go there. There's love in community. There's safety in community. There's wisdom in community. There is help in community. You don't have to go through the process alone. So get help from your community. Next diamond, do not be afraid or ashamed of therapy. Get professional help because professionals can assist you in ways that your friends and family may not have the capacity for. Professionals have knowledge, wisdom, experience, and skill set to help you process through your trauma, to help you unpack your pain. Therapy doesn't mean that you're broken beyond repair. It doesn't mean that you're crazy or that you're losing your mind. But therapy will give you tools. It will help you retrain your brain, your thought processes. It will shift your perspective so that you have healthy emotions and healthy processing of life. I recommend it and your mental health will thank you. Number seven, do something to help others. Do something to honor the memory of that person. It will help you and make you feel so much better. For me, I used to eat lunch with my grandmother every day for two years straight. I used to eat or I would take a nap across the foot of her bed. And so not having that norm was really wild to me. So one month I decided I was going to treat other people to lunch. So I sent out cash apps for lunch money and it made me feel a lot better. And I know it would have honored my grandmother because she was a giver. Last diamond, don't rush the process. There is no set time or confined time and place for grief. Grief is not orderly at all. It comes in waves. It's up and down. You may be good one minute and then a Facebook memory will pop up and you will feel like you are in shambles. You'll be laughing in the store. Then all of a sudden you hear a song that reminds you of that person and now you're triggered and crying and it's okay. Navigate those moments. Process through those moments. Sometimes the waves are violent and sometimes they're more gentle. You just have to ride them out Know that it gets better the more you are intentional with your feelings and with your process and those emotions. You often hear the quote, pain births purpose. I don't think I fully understood that until now because that is how this podcast was created from pain this experience if you look at the logo of diamonds a dozen you will see the m the m is green my grandmother's name was mary myers and her favorite color was emerald so that was a dedication to her let's talk about the title 
diamonds a dozen. You hear the term dime a dozen, which means something that's common, something that doesn't have value. But diamonds are valuable. 12 is the number of completion and perfection. Diamonds have to go through a process, pressure, pain, in order to see the beauty and the new transformation of the brilliance of the diamond, the color, the cut, the clarity. And you can apply that to individual people. In life, we have to go through pain. We have to go through pressures. We have to go through processes in order to become all that we're supposed to. Whatever your purpose is, know that sometimes it's going to take pain to birth it out, but you will be better for it. So whatever God is requiring you to do, do it. Write that book, write that blog, start that podcast, start that business, make that recipe, design that interior decorating, whatever it is, do it. And so I'm going to wrap this up with some thank yous. First, I want to thank God who helped me to navigate what seemed like I couldn't even catch my breath to get through, but I'm here. And it's a funny story that it's full circle because I recorded the trailer for this on December 10th, which was the day my grandmother transitioned. And I really didn't realize it until after the fact. But that's just how good God is and how intentional I was with doing the work to heal. I want to thank Dale K. Pasco. You can connect with her on Instagram. You can connect with her on Facebook. She is the founder of the Womanhood Academy. She had a conference back in July called Build Her, equipping the women for the marketplace. And she kind of pushed me out there with this podcast. And I also would like to thank Sarita Saki. Her Instagram name is Sarita Untamed. You can hit her up for photography, for beauty and skincare tips. She is amazing. She sold the seed to provide the money for me to start my podcast. And that's another thing. If God wants you to do it, he will provide for it. My podcast equipment was chilling in my Amazon cart, but Sarita sold the seed and I was able to get that accomplished. Next, I want to thank Aja and Dolly Colbert of Cully Creatives. You can find them on Instagram. Hit them up for your business and branding development needs. They do graphic design, logo designs, web design, audio and video content. Hit them up. Hit up Dolly Going Crazy. He's a producer. He does beats. He does music. DGC Global. And thank you to Tashana Rayner. She did my podcast flyer. She is known as the single mom coach on IG. Thank you for tuning in. See you next time on the Diamonds a Dozen podcast.